Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good morning, folks. It's me, Dan Ko, keeping you company on your money right here on Money FM 89.3. I'll be stepping in for Michelle Martin as she's going to be on a short break for the next few days. Now, I hope you've had a restful weekend. And just in case you don't already know, it's going to be a short work week. So that means that the long weekend is just around the corner. So hang in there. And as always, joining us to analyze the latest market actions is Ryan Huang. Good morning, Ryan. How was your weekend? Yeah, doing awesome, Then, How was your weekend? My weekend was quite restful because uh, I've been away for about two weeks. But I must say, uh, it's been funny to be... It's it's good to be back on air with you. Restful and reservist, not two words I normally hear. Uh, yeah, I think it's quite questionable. But oh. anyways, let's jump right into today's uh, version of Market View. And good news over the weekend, we've got President Joe Biden saying that he and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy have reached a d- final agreement to avert a historic U.S. default after the two spoke again last uh, this Sunday afternoon. And Biden and McCarthy, they, you know, they sealed their bargain during a 90-minute phone call and they cleared the way for a push to shepherd the deal through Congress over the objections of hardliners in both parties before the U.S. government runs out of borrowing capacity in about a week. Ryan, can you walk us through the key takeaways from the debt limit deal? Yeah, yeah. so a couple of things stand up for me. And again, this is the 31 $1.4 trillion debt ceiling. Uh, so this was in pretty much the news for the past week, past month, and everyone's been expecting some deal to be done. And here we have it of some form. And bear in mind, this is an in-principle agreement and the terms are starting to emerge as we uh, get the reports out. So a couple of things stand out here is that the can is kicked down the road. So it's an extension for another two years until 2025. So this will be suspended until January 2025. And this, of course, is good news for Joe Biden because next year is the US presidential election. Mm. So that does away with one huge distraction. And this is going to be very important for his campaign. And the other part about it is they have agreed to some caps on spending. So that's what Republicans have been calling for. Mm. And the other part about it is increased defense spending that is in line with Biden's budget spending proposal. So that's an 11% increase to around $885 billion. There is an agreement to claw back uh, funds, unused funds, for COVID-19 as part of the budget deal. So this will include funding that have been set aside for vaccine research, disaster relief, and that could come up to the tune of around 50 to $70 billion. Mm. So that will, in some fashion, replenish the coffers. So that's the overall look to the deal. We, of course, have to bear in mind it is tentative in the sense that we still need to see this go through Congress. And in Congress, already Republicans and Democrats are pushing back because they are not totally on board with all the terms reached. 
Mm. Yes, very interesting. And in fact, you know, it, it raises uh, the importance of having to address this issue before because the debt ceiling crisis, you know, it's, it's still unfolding. And if the agreement isn't reached before early June, the, you know, the, the United States could run out of money. And it has never really happened before. So we don't really know how bad it would be. But it would, it would be safe to say that its range would somewhere bet- between, you know, pretty awful to c- catastrophic as well. And Biden has, in fact, stepped up this, uh, you know, called the deal an important step forward that reduces spending while protecting critical programs for working people and the growing economy for everyone. In fact, he also offered a preview of the White House's argument for House Democrats reluctant to support a deal or bill that appears on its face to be a Republican victory. In short, like I've mentioned before, it could have been a lot worse. But Ryan, despite the optimism, some have even stepped up to say that while the tentative deal avoids the worst case scenario of payments default triggering financial collapse, you know, some have said also that it adds to the risks of uh, downturn in the world's largest economy. So what potential risks are we looking at here? And is this anything more than a short-term relief for markets, Ryan? Yeah, if you look at the market reaction so far, last Friday, they were already pricing in a deal being reached. And that was one reason we saw markets finishing higher. Mm. And the Nasdaq Composite was the outperformer, rising over 2%. And so far this morning, pretty much the same. We've got now a deal re- uh, being reached over the weekend and markets reacting with a bounce. So Japanese markets, I think, are up over 2% so far. So that's a sign that you have markets reflecting the optimism that this so-called catastrophe will be avoided. Mm. Um, But that is in the short term. Beyond that, it's hard to figure out what the exact impact will be. One of the reasons is because the US Treasury has to replenish its coffers Mm -hmm. for partly its debt, its spending. So it has to issue bonds. And when you issue bonds, it's going to flood the market and draw away some of the liquidity, some of the funds that will typically go to things like stocks. So that could weigh on stock markets if we see some of the funds being diverted from uh, that front. So long term, still a bit uncertain. And of course, we have to bear in mind how or what form the final agreement will take when it comes to the exact details. Both sides still have to um, reach a consensus in Congress. Yeah, very interesting. And uh, yes, we will have to take a closer look as to how this would turn out in the next few weeks. In fact, some are even saying that there is the possibility of uh, renewed flare-ups in the banking system, you know, because, uh, I mean, while it's, you know, the debt ceiling, you know, has been a tailwind for the banks, Mm. they are saying that now once the debt ceiling is lifted, the Treasury begins to raise money by selling, like you've mentioned, large quantities of bonds. Those purchases by investors in the open market will likely drain money from banks. So, Yes, I think banks is going to be facing quite a little bit of pressure. It may face quite a bit of pressure in the coming weeks, so we'll keep a close eye on that. But now, let's turn our attention over to a notable mover on Wall Street last Friday, and that's Marvel Technology. Shares of the networking chips manufacturer skyrocketed more than 30% of the back of quarterly earnings results that beat on top of bottom on, on the top and bottom lines. So Ryan, what's been driving Marvel's stellar performance? Yeah, two letters. A I, mm. that is creating quite a bit of buzz. And of course, for Marvel, that is good news because it makes the chips behind some of the stuff you need to power mm. these applications and software. So no surprise that we are seeing a surge in Marvel's share price. And latest, last Friday, was up 
32% wow. when it comes to the reaction to the earnings that you mentioned, beating on both the top and bottom lines. So that's a plus. And if you look at the AI portion of the results, um, the CEO outlined that AI revenue for this year is expected to come in at around $200 million and then double next year to $400 million before doubling again in 2025. So AI is really a big driver for the business. Mm, yeah. And, you know, I mean, in recent weeks, it's, it's, we've been seeing the rapid rise of generative AI creating a frenzy on Wall Street. And in fact, just recently, you know, N- NVIDIA CEO Jensen Huangs, he said that, you know, firms and individuals should familiarize themselves with artificial intelligence or risk losing out. But some investors and strategists are saying that, you know, the rush to profit from the new technology is creating a mini dot-com bubble. And, According to economist David Rosenberg, and he's a bear that's known for his contrarian views, he, view, he believes that enthusiasm surrounding AI has been a major distraction from recession risks. So Ryan, did NVIDIA just help to create an AI-fueled stock bubble? Well, you can argue it in that sense that everyone is jumping on anything to do with AI, which is quite a parallel to how anything with a dot-com to their name was really doing well back in the day. Mm. So... In some sense, there are some parallels. And also, if you look at some of the technicals, it does look overbought because of such a huge run-up in such a short space of time. But it is arguably going to be a trend that will play out for a long time. AI being a big driver for many businesses, uh, I'm sure we will see the numbers reflect that at some point. But there is quite a bit of... um, Appetite for anything to do with AI. So yeah. what goes up, I guess, will come down at some point. Um, so I guess matter of timing. Yeah, I suppose it is as well. I mean, have you been using um, ChatGPT? I have used ChatGPT. And the other thing that's really um, getting a lot of people's mm. attention is generative AI, where yeah. you can type in suggestions or commands in text. Wow. And then programs like Photoshop will be able to read your commands and generate images or manipulate them or change how your face might look. You know, it's very groundbreaking in the sense that it now is making things so much easier for anyone who wants to create images or create videos. So there is a lot of new ground for content and regulation and it's going to open up a lot of opportunities as well as worms. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's quite interesting, right, to see how everything is playing out. In fact, I th- I suppose it's a bit of curiosity that everyone is uh, jumping on the bandwagon here. So, yeah, it's like uh, what you've mentioned. Also, I think uh, it's something that it depends whether it's. It, I mean, it depends whether it's considered um, a bubble or not. And in fact, you know, right now. The huge moves, you know, it's not wrong for investors, you know, to be excited about the long-term prospects for AI. In fact, the technology will most certainly impact nearly every aspect of business and personal life, you know, over the next decade or so. So we'll watch that very closely. But now we're going to be playing a game of up or down. And if you're a regular on the show, you'll be familiar with this. I'll pick a stock or a topic and you'll guess whether it's going to be an up or a down. Ryan, are you ready? Let's go. Okay, first on the list, we've got Rolls-Royce. All right, I am going for down because they are cutting thousands of jobs and this is all part of a turnaround plan. So 
it will see a couple of things or uh, jobs being cut from the non-manufacturing departments mm-hmm. in various parts of its business like aerospace, defense and power systems. So all in, it is just trying to cut costs. Yeah, cutting costs. I think that's a picture that we've been seeing in recent weeks as well. And in fact, the global aviation industry is still struggling with output amid a lack of spare parts and skilled labor. So this is definitely going to be a down for me as well. It's Rolls Royce. Now let's move on next to the on the list. We've got JP Morgan Chase. Yeah, so this is also down because it's cutting about 500 employees this wow. week across various departments. So based on reports, it's not officially announced yet. Uh, but it looks like the consumer, commercial banking, asset and wealth management, as well as technology and operations are among those businesses that will see some job cuts. Yeah, job cuts. On the same tune as well, I'm going to go with a down for this one. Now let's move on next on the list. We've got Maple Tree S Reeds. All right, Maple Tree S Reeds is an up because hmm. they are seeing strong performance as they go through active acquisitions. Mm. So this is good news for Maple Tree Pan Asia Commercial Trust, Maple Tree Logistics Trust and Maple Tree Industrial Trust. So they have been on a bit of a shopping spree yeah. and that has helped them lift their portfolio. Yeah, all three S-REITs have reported full-year results for financial year 2022 and 2023 um, and saw stronger gross revenue and net property income performance for the year. In fact, Impact reported the strongest growth in gross revenue and NPI among the three and with the NPI rising about 65.4% and 62.6% year-on-year respectively. And so this is going to be up for me. Let's move on. To the next one, we've got Dustin Retail Trust. All right, this is a down for me. And this is a very convoluted story hmm. because it involves someone suing someone. And that someone is Dustin Retail Trust substantial unit holder, Tang Chen Cheng. He is suing the trustee manager's lead independent director, oh. Tan Hui Lim. So there is a few allegations being leveled. And Zhang is saying that Tan's conduct has been oppressive and in disregard to Zhang's interests. Mm. So it's a bit of he says, she says right now and a bit of finger pointing. So not exactly what you want if you're an investor. So much um, disruption in the boardroom that they have to figure out. Yeah, it's uh, not a good spotlight to be in for Dustin Retail Trust. I'm going to go with a down for this one. And finally, last on the list, we've got Tamasic Holdings Investment Team. Yeah, not a up, it's more of a down. Mm. And this is because Tamasic is cutting compensation for senior management and the investment team behind investing in FTX. Oh. So not great news. I'm, I believe it's probably not a surprise that they had to take them into um, account for the decisions they made. Of course, FTX was one of the worst decisions or investments made. So they are saying they found no misconduct by the investment team, Mm. but the team behind that investment plus the senior management will be taking collective accountability and that's being reflected in the lower compensation 
Yeah, very painful cuts. In fact, I mean, we've saw Tomasic wrote down about $275 million worth of investment in FTX last year. And that comes after the crypto companies meltdown. And it's like what there's, I mean, it's like what everyone feels, right? I mean, they're disappointed with the outcome of the investment and, of course, the negative impact on their reputation as well. Thank you so much, Ryan, as always, for this comprehensive breakdown of Market View. Continue to keep it right here with us on Money FM 89.3. We've got so much more coming right up. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.